Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tess of Wrestling.com, here to talk all about WWE Extreme Rules, or as the show might lead you to believe, WWE Regular Rules, there being only one Extreme Rules match here tonight. Uh, definitely a good show. I liked it a lot. But uh, wow, that was definitely a wacky ending for sure. We'll talk all about it here. Uh, yes, I, I am playing solo tonight. John Clark is at the show in person. He's usually my, my co-host here uh, on Raw and NXT. Otherwise, uh, we are uh, all otherwise indisposed, so I'm here solo, but hopefully you all don't mind, and we'll be able to have your comments here. Feel the show. Uh, before I get started, just want to remind you all of this show. Again, we do hear else is available on any number of streaming platforms or at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So I have thoughts. So I'm just going to start here with the main event where we had Roman Reigns facing Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. Uh, sorry, the Demon Balor, if you will. Uh, yes, definitely an important distinction there. Uh, where Reigns had defeated Finn Balor a couple weeks ago, and then we uh, obviously had the, the the demon return, and you could have probably expected that that would set up some shenanigans. Uh, I don't think anybody should have been surprised whether that was the Usos interfering. Anybody could have seen that coming. Uh, a little interesting that the Street Profits did not make the save, kind of keep that feud going. That definitely uh, would have made some sense to me, given we saw them face or face off earlier in the night, and I wouldn't be all surprised to see. Uh, a rematch there, but nobody allowed that to help uh, the demon. It was uh, all by himself, and, and as it turned out, he didn't need help. At least, uh, so it seemed, because uh, no matter what Roman Reigns threw at him, uh, the demon just kept coming, just kept fighting, um, and he was very, very, very close to pulling off victory here. Like he, this was probably the most vulnerable that Roman Reigns has looked in recent months, and that's even considering. His match with John Cena at SummerSlam, I, I think Balor came even closer to winning this match than John Cena did. Which is saying something that that that's a good mark for Finn, uh, the Demon Balor here. Uh, but yes, in the end, uh, Roman Roman Reigns won, uh, and the finish. What uh, this is going to be a divisive one. Uh, I have thoughts. I can see Gavin Coombs saying, "Wow, great finish." I'm going to assume he's being serious, and I think there's something to be said for doing the unexpected here, where this was uh, unusual, uh, off the wall, if you will. I'm trying to be positive, uh, but yeah, seeing the creature asking what happened. So in the end here, this was, this was I, I tweeted about it. This was very comparable to some of the stuff we saw with the fiend uh, Bray Wyatt back in the day, like the most off the wall kind of crazy stuff. So basically Roman speared uh, the demon through the barricade. The sound of the demon's heartbeat went through the arena. The lights turned red, very much like the fiend. And uh, the battler kind of like twitched on the ground twice and then his theme started playing this was like a video game in a way uh where he then his, his theme played he, he got back to his feet he dropped kicker through a table it got him back in the ring uh and there, there was there was like fog and mist in the ring you, you, you couldn't even really see what was happening and then it was going for the coup de grace finishing move seemingly to uh, pick up the win there and then the, the the rope snapped, and I kid you not, my first thought was like, did Brock Lesnar come to the ring and like manually snap the rope in half to set, to set something up there? But no, they went with just the, the the ring broke on its own somehow, or 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 we don't know exactly like how it happened, but the fact is the ring somehow broke. So Balor tumbled off uh, the top rope there, so thus ending his brief uh, fire up segment. You know, the theme stopped, the lights turned back on. Um, and then Roman, uh, speed him for the win. Yeah, this, what, this was something else. Uh, Gavin Coombs, again, trying to be positive here, saying he liked the finish. It was creative. It gave Reigns the win, gave Bauer a good run moving forward. And I, I would, I'll add on that, uh, this kept, uh, Bauer looking strong because this was definitely wacky. Uh, Steven Kreischer saying it was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And I would agree. We have seen some crazy stuff in WWE history. Again, I, my favorite reference, like I said, recent years is The Fiend. We've seen some really wacky stuff. Alexa Bliss carrying on that legacy. We've seen some wacky stuff there um, with supernatural things, cinematic things, uh, unnatural things, if you will. Uh, getting some comments predicting that Paul Heyman cut the rope. Maybe. Um, I think that's fair. You know, we get uh, and saying that Hammer broke through up, Yeager Davis agreeing, Paul probably cut through up, no one was looking. It was definitely hard to see, like I said, there, there was fog and mist, and the lights are red, and you can never see anything when the, when the lights are red anyway. Uh, DJ Cassier saying, Worst show ever, he's not buying uh, the idea that the ring quote unquote just broke. I mean, it, I would think there's something else here. I think the idea of, of uh, of, of Heyman cutting the rope would make sense because otherwise that would be pretty ridiculous to say, Okay, the ring broke. In our main event, um, you know that'd be a, that'd be a little silly. 
Uh, and so I was still saying it was Dan Musso's. Yeah, I mean, like I said, to start off here, I was a little surprised that we didn't see the Street Profits or even, I mean, SmackDown is a little light on face teams otherwise, you know, and, and the, the Mysterios are kind of doing their own, like, dissension thing over over on their end. Um, so setting up those, the Street Profits would make some sense, uh, although I guess there is some differentiation between the Balor and and, uh, and uh, Balor and Demon here, where, like, they might be friends with Finn Balor, but not the Demon. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it. Uh, I do want to point out, Eddie Zahar here saying, and I, I miss this live, but I'm seeing it uh on twitter here so roman and fan brought through the crowd or demon uh they brought through the crowd at one point and roman put his mask on because they're going through the crowd and i want to tip my cat my cap to that like that's that's great like that that's very very good uh you really to me not to, again i never want to get too into the weeds here but it's a very good thing uh you know to see people being safe and being uh you know very very cautious here uh where you want to brawl into the crowd you want to have you know the, those those cool spots like that but uh you know, like, I, I thought that was a nice touch there. Dennis Burnham and Bolden saying it was a good match. I would agree. It was, the, uh, even before the ending, it was a little goofy where uh, it was pretty early in the match. You know, Roman Reigns brought out a kendo stick, and Dan Balor brings out this, like, bundle of kendo sticks, and it's got, like, red and black, like, tape on it or something. That's clear, like, demonized kendo sticks. I mean, it's, it's goofy stuff. It's fun. And, like, again, we got some comments trying to be positive about the ending. I'm trying to be positive, but it was pretty goofy. Um... And it's a shame. It is a shame to me that I think this this ending will be definitely, by and large, criticized. Um, you know, just in terms of, that it was goofy, that it was a little silly, because this was a very good pay per view. But literally all day today, before the show went on air, I thought, "Wow, this feels like a throwaway pay per view." I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I don't really know. You know, and this is this is largely been the case. It definitely was throughout the pandemic era. Maybe a little more. Um, maybe or say a little less since the live fans have returned where pretty much every show of the pandemic era, the, the TV wasn't great. Uh, and then the shows would always over deliver. And this, and here going into the show here, I kind of felt some way where like, okay, I wasn't hyped up going into it. And then we had a, a thrown together match open the show. We'll talk about that later. That was a very good match to open the show. Then we had uh, the, the SmackDown title match. That was very good. I really liked Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair. I'm going to talk all about that. Don't you worry. We're already getting some comments from Saul Saul about that. Sorry, not, not sorry, not, not not that one's all. I got some comments otherwise uh, from Hermit Car about Alexa Bliss losing. Um, and then we had just uh, pretty much every match delivered, and this really was a good show. Uh, but then the end definitely that the wheels kind of fell off. And like I said, we got some comments trying to be the, the match was good, so people trying to be positive about the ending. And like I said, I'm trying to be positive and I can see what they're going for. Um, but yeah, I, I think kind of the takeaway here. Will be that you know the this ending definitely was kind of wacky and goofy. Not to keep using the same words, but that, that, those are the only ones that come to mind. Like it was pretty goofy. Uh, we're getting some comments worried about Finn Balor's knee because, and I got some. I saw several tw uh, tweets on um, on Twitter that be redundant, um, but saying that when you have the rope break when someone's on the top rope, that's very very dangerous. Where it can look like they tweak their knee, let alone like really do some serious damage. It's the show just ended. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm I'm on the air now by myself, so the odds I'll be able to see any any uh, incoming news about that specifically uh, while I'm on the air are are very are a little low. But if you if you guys see anything legit uh, on that front, let me know in the comments there. Um, of course, uh, when when things kind of come to light, if if there's any update on Finn Balor, if he is hurt, if he's fine, we'll we'll have any information about that once available uh, here at WrestleZone. Um, you know, definitely getting some comments here where Mark Buckingham was saying that he was there in person. The cops definitely confused. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine how the people there in person felt where the lights go down. I'm not sure just how much smoke there was, but based on what we saw on TV, uh, it definitely looked like a lot. And Mark also thankfully pointing out that it looks like uh, Finn walked out on his own. So that's very, very good. Because like I said, if you cut the ropes or have the ring kind of break like that, when someone's standing on the top rope, that, that looks very dangerous. It looked like a pretty dangerous spot there. Uh, and that would have definitely been uh, an even worse outcome than the questionable um, mixed bag of, of, of a finish there. Uh, but definitely another part of the narrative here, DJ Cassier pointing out that uh, only one pay-per-view, uh, sorry, on this match, uh, being an Extreme Rules match, was the only one with an Extreme Rules stipulation and it's Extreme Rules. Like, that's the show. And usually you want to see Extreme Rules have some... Extreme Rules matches. He, felt, he says, I felt if it's just garbage. I felt like he was watching PBS tonight. I mean, again, I will say it was a very good pay-per-view. I could definitely hear that uh, frustration about there being a lack of Extreme Rules matches. Um, but I will say, I will say, I'll, I'll admit it right here now. I'm not going to talk about AEW, but I will say 
tonight, I have uh, perhaps regained or, or reignited my appreciation for WWE. I've been leaning really into AW in recent weeks, although I'm here doing WWE shows. Like tonight, I really thought it was a good show. We had good matches. Um, and and there's there's a lot that I liked. You know, there's a lot of stuff I liked. I didn't love the ending there. I, 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 I've made that pretty clear here. Trying to be positive. Uh, we get getting some some negative comments about the ending and, and the lack of things being extreme, and that that, that is fair criticism. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that at all. Um, but uh, an interesting comment from Anthony Castellano here, and I kind of thought this as well, where you've got the outcome of the main event here, where you know the ring broke, it was kind of wacky, uh, and then as I said, I kind of thought Brock Lesnar was. I thought he actually got involved. I thought he would get involved even before the show started. He did not get involved. I'm, I'm saying that's why I kind of thought. Uh, but Anthony wondering if we could see a, a triple threat match at Crown Jewel. I think that's a mix. Like that, I, it's it's like a fork in the road where I, I could see them holding off on actually doing uh, Roman versus Brock in a one on one match until uh, Survivor Series. And maybe that's one way to do it. Um, and Robert and I have talked about on, on the SmackDown show where it's like I can't see them really wanting to kind of give that away on, on crown jewel for lack of a better word so if you put in uh finn Balor or demon Balor in a, in a triple threat match there that's only do it i would ex more expect to see um, for better or worse from in me in my eyes uh, maybe perhaps unfortunately but uh i do think we actually might get brock versus roman at crown jewel because granted we, we had to we had to slip through a whole pandemic since the last crown jewel show or the last saudi arabia show but usually they the wwe does try to give like pretty big matches like the and i remember two years ago it was i think super showdown they, they framed it as a, a wrestlemania level event and they really tried to like give these you know major matches there so kind of with that in mind i, I think a, a, triple, a triple threat match would make sense but at the same time uh i feel like we, that we are going to go for uh, roman and uh brock lesnar so i, I don't know if that's a bad thing at all getting some more positive feedback here from bit milligan saying uh, that he enjoyed extreme rules his favorite two matches were Street Privates and the Usos, as well as Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair. Um, definitely going to talk about those matches. I enjoyed them as well. Um, but yeah, I, I good show. I like to, I'm going to do a little, in a little reverse here. We're talking about the main event. It was a good show. You know, this ending definitely uh, not not the best, not great. Um, and and Herman Dakar even going as far as say that the uh, the ending here with Finn and Roman felt like the finger poke of doom. That. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think that one obviously will go down as one of the very uh, most questionable uh, bad choices in, in pro wrestling history. This was, again, wacky and odd. Um, but again, we're trying to be a little positive and see what they're going for while also admitting, yeah, it, it was not not a great look. Uh, Sean Nikoff saying Bianca and Becky was a favorite match of the night. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, and hey, well, let's talk about it. All right, let's get, let's get right into it here because we have a lot to get into here. Uh, so Sean saying that Becky Bianca was his favorite match of the night. Uh, I thought this was very good where uh, obviously we had Becky Lynch returning at SummerSlam, beats Bianca in 26 seconds. Uh, Robert and I have been talking all about that on SmackDown show in recent weeks where this this heel run for, for Becky Lynch hasn't felt the best. You know, it feels like the, the fans are kind of just it. It feels like it's not quite clicking quite yet. Um, and it's also here, we haven't, we don't, we did going into that. We didn't, we didn't really know unless you've been to one of the, the, the live shows, what, what this, uh, 2021 Becky Lynch would look like is we haven't seen her in a match really on SummerSlam since she left in 2020. So for me, having not been at one of those live shows, this was definitely, uh, you know, a, a good chance to see, uh, Be Becca and Be uh, Becky both in this match here. So. This was a good match. It got time. Uh, it was definitely kind of, I would say, it lived up to the hype. If you got the EST and the man going you know, back and forth here, where you know Bianca is, is the strong guest, as, as her nickname goes, uh, and she she really showcased that power. Um, and I like seeing that. I thought Becky looked great. Again, this being the first match I've seen her in, but we know that uh, she's been on the road with WWE tour, uh, on, the, on the tours, on their live shows, facing Bianca more often than not, uh, whether it's in singles or tag matches. So... I thought this was very good. Dennis Bernard Bolden saying Bianca had the match won, and she did. But Sasha Banks came back, and Shawnee Koff saying that was a nice surprise. So in the end, after a hard-fought match here, Sasha Banks, the boss, indeed came back. The cock struck boss time, and uh, she she cost. I can't even say so that she cost Bianca the match because she wound up attacking both women. But yes, she she attacked Bianca first, and uh, you know the match ended with a disqualification of of some capacity whether it was a dq or a double dq she attacked both women and said i'll see you on friday so 
I mean, the, this was expected, uh, or at the very least, a, a logical guess or a prediction here where uh, reports have said that Sasha has been backstage, and we, we haven't seen her since before SummerSlam. She was supposed to face uh, Bianca at SummerSlam for the title. She got pulled from the show. That set up uh, uh, Becky's return, excuse me. And so that kind of like, this was the natural direction here where Bianca never got that uh, Bags never got that shot, excuse me. Uh, so now we've got, you know, three very top stars here, um, you know, to, to set up this this top-level women's feud on SmackDown. Uh, we were talking about triple threat matches a minute ago for, for Brock, Balor, and Lesnar here. Sorry, Brock, Balor, and Reigns. So now it feels like uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future, you're probably going to get a triple threat match here. Maybe crown. Uh, maybe not crown jewel maybe if they can build it up to survive series i think they could do that i feel like that'd be the most logical thing here uh dj say saying big time bex reigns supreme i mean i'm still not really like digging the heel becky lynch here i like i'm warming up to it a little bit it's still not quite hitting for me um and i just I, maybe that's just really does seem like a more of a genuine uh baby face to me not even not even in, in like a, a john cena like baby face but just you know it, I'm so used to the crouching, cheering for her, her being positioned as a baby face, like this, this heelish uh, back. I don't know. I'm I, again, I'm not, I never write anything off as in like, Oh, I'm not getting the chance, but it's not quite clicking for me where it's like, it just, I don't know. Uh, but I thought this was a very good match. Uh, I think Sasha returning was definitely a big uh, surprise or a big angle that the show needed. Like the matches are really, really good. The ending was a big angle. I'm not sure that was uh, what they really needed there. Um, but with this, they have, they have this big, big angle coming out of the show where people can say, okay, like now we got Sasha Banks coming back to look forward to, so that's pretty cool, um, going forward here for SmackDown. And again, it's kind of funny where, you know, with Raw, it's like they keep, you know, building, they keep kind of getting some of these surprises to SmackDown. It's like, okay, Becky Lynch came back, she's over on SmackDown, Brock Lesnar comes back over on SmackDown, Sasha Banks was on SmackDown anyway, but now that's another thing that kind of in SmackDown's corner. Although, obviously worth mentioning, the draft, thankfully, we are less than a week away. We the, the draft begins on Friday, and yeah, we, I, we got comments like yeah, here's so I can tie it in here, folks. I got comments about how uh, who Paul Heyman was on the phone with because we saw him backstage talking about how this is going to be a, a historic draft. Uh, there, you know, and really kind of hyping it up a little bit. Uh, I'm waiting questions about who was on the phone. I have to imagine it's Brock Lesnar. I don't know who else would be. Roman Reigns is there at the venue, so it's not Roman Reigns. Um, could it be a new client? maybe i don't want to get like too far into that like the, i can't imagine anything like that that'd be interesting you know i i if you want to really get crazy because you could think about some people that they would uh debut that way as the next paul Heyman guy but trying to say without within the realm of uh what, what we do know i have to i have to imagine that that, that was brock lesnar uh gavin coombs kind of agreeing here saying that uh, uh, that it was brock that Heyman will screw rain to ground jewel uh and get drafted to the raw uh, Heyman has teased in recent weeks that Brock Lesnar will get drafted to Raw, and in some ways, like I, I would not be surprised because, again, I, as I just said a minute ago, SmackDown keeps getting all these surprises and all these like big kind of things, these buzzworthy things. Um, and I think Brock Lesnar going to Raw would be something to kind of even even the scale a little bit, you know. And I this kind of naturally sets up the next point where. Uh, we saw last week raw definitely at, at least in my eyes I, I think that the general consensus seems to be they're trying to kind of like i don't want to say pop numbers but they're, they're trying to help the, the viewership numbers where where they advertise roman reigns and the bloodline coming over to face new day uh, and that was a great match and then on the same night we got biggie versus bobby lashley versus roman reigns in an absolute pay-per-view quality main event loved it uh it was a great match uh so here the second week in a row Ahead of time, they're advertising this big match. So during during the kick during the kickoff show, uh, they they threw together a very random uh, six man tag team match. It was Biggie and the New Day growing with uh, Bobby Lashley, Age of Styles, and Omos, setting up a, a pretty impromptu six man tag team match. Where um, you know, and and to me that that happened, and I, I kind of like laughed. I was like, oh, all right, you know, this this definitely does feel this, again. This was the very beginning of the show. I was like, oh, this really does feel like a. a elevated episode of raw where it's like all right we're, we're doing this kind of throwing together six-man tag admittedly really like new day i really like bobby lashley i really like Age of styles i really, I really like almost great everything's great uh but yeah having that, that last minute match thrown together i was like all right you know i that's not great but to kick off the show it got pretty much half an hour like they, they got time this match was very very good uh all six men shined in, in different ways um 
And I saw some tweets about it, and I would agree that, that this match, well, oh, uh, DJ, DJ pointed out that the kickoff match was Liv versus Camilla. And yes, I'll talk about that as well. But that the kickoff show set up the match that uh, officially kicked off the main card in the six-minute tag. So I will talk about Liv and Carmella in a minute. Um, but definitely, you know, a lengthy, hard-fought, heated six-minute tag to officially open the show. Uh, in the end, uh, we had some dissension with uh, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. Uh, Styles tagged in. They kind of argued. Lashley accidentally speared Styles. Kind of typical stuff there. Uh, and Biggie pinned Bobby Lashley. Definitely a big uh, twist there where, you know, he hasn't really, I mean, he pinned him when he won the title, but in terms of like a legit match here, a, a, a tag team match, but a pin nonetheless. That's definitely a notch in Biggie's belt. And some tweets were saying that this was uh, perhaps a better way, even uh, of than, than the, the triple threat match we saw last week of kind of building up uh, Biggie as a legit champion. So on the heels of that, on the heels of pinning Bobby Lashley backstage, Bobby Lashley fired up. He said, "All right, you know, yeah, that was a tag team match. I want you one on one. Forget the new day. Forget all this other stuff. I want you in a singles match for the title." And then Biggie responded, saying, "All right, you know, you lost your mind. I'm, I'm gonna help you find it." So, lo and behold, we have a WWE title match tomorrow night on Raw, um, and it's and and they have, they announced it's gonna open the show. So. On the heels of last week, where we saw the new uh, the the bloodline Roman Reigns coming over and having two uh, paper quality matches with uh, New Day Bloodline and Lashley Reigns and Biggie in the main event. There uh, now we have Biggie versus Bobby Lashley to kick off the show uh, for the title. And you know I think it's pretty pretty fair to say okay they're really good trying to like kind of draw in viewers and, and hope that match uh, convinces viewers that may not necessarily watch otherwise to stay tuned in. So I think that. That's cool. Like, hey, uh, John and I do the show for, for Raw every week. And for, for months and months and months, we've been saying, all right, you know, this deal is kind of aimless or, or it's just another Monday or the, there's not really some big match to be excited about. And there are exceptions, right? We, we saw last week definitely a, a big a big uh, exception, again, with those two major matches. And I think we are seeing the shift where there really are, I, I hate to say, trying with Raw. Because I think, I think they're always trying in some capacity. I think uh, they get, WWE gets too much flack sometimes where people say, say oh, they're not trying. They're, they're tr they always put on a show, so there's always some effort, obviously. Um, but it, it does feel like there's a more concentrated effort of like, okay, we really want to put on a good show. We really want to draw in viewers at the very least. So, WWE title match, you know, do I expect shenanigans? Yes. And I, I think that is very fair to, to expect. Uh, DJ Cassidy is saying that he thinks uh, that AJ Styles will cause Bobby Lashley to lose, possibly, possibly starting a Lashley and Styles feud. I would agree. I think that would be great. I thought of that tonight during this tag team match where, um, you know, uh, there was that dissension in the end. And I was like, wow, Lashley and Styles, that, there's something there. They're both heels. But um, I don't know. I think that I think that's a pretty interesting uh Clash around again, pardon the pun, but a clash of styles here where, um, you know, they're both heels, they're both, you know, pretty strong personalities. And we've seen WWE kind of lean away from firm uh, face and heel divides here. We, we're we're going to talk about Strat Fire and Alexa Bliss. So I think they could do that. I, I think if, if AJ's a ringside or maybe they do the classic on commentary and, and he distracts Bobby Lashley, I, th I think that'd be pretty darn cool. I think that'd be a cool way to um, kind of have Bobby Lashley. Uh, pivot out of the, the the main title picture and then off into something else here. I mean, it's AJ Styles. That, that, I think those, that'd be very, very good. And I, I'm liking this, like, fired up, uh, pissed off Bobby Lashley here coming out of his championship loss here. Saul Sultan uh, maybe trying to bring me down to earth here, saying they're sorry, but WWE's not even trying. I mean, yeah. All right. <laughs> I know. All right. There, there are times here where they, they put on shows that are uh, – Tough to sit through as a guy that that, that it's my job is to sit through raw every single week. Uh, I, I think I'm I can safely say that. Um, I, I, but I always try to be positive. I try to look at the the bright side here. Um, and at the very least, they're I think they're sometimes they're, they're trying to put on a show. <laughs> at the very least, they're trying to put on a show. That's that is true. I think you know the, the, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Lashley and Styles would be very very cool. Um, and I think we may have seen the, the first seats that tonight. I think we'll see more of that uh, kind of built up tomorrow here. Uh, but yes, uh, DJ pointed out a minute ago, the, the kickoff match was uh, Liv Morgan versus Carmella here. And uh, Liv Morgan has been making the rounds, doing a lot of media for this match. This was her second ever uh, match, on, singles match on a pay-per-view. She, uh, I think she defeated Natalia on the WrestleMania kickoff show. I think it was this year. Time is bizarre. <laughs> like, my gosh, I think that was this year. 
Maven last year. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think it was this year. I, she defeated Natalia. It was, I think that was also a kickoff match uh, when they announced this match here. Um, I, it was seemingly gonna be on the main show, and then before the kickoff show tonight, there were only six announced matches. So you could have assumed they're gonna add something else. And then when they, when they, uh, they, they shortly before the show started here, they kind of. Uh, unofficially bumped Morgan versus Kamala to the kickoff. I think they may have even announced it early in the kickoff show. Um, not, yeah, and that's not great. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool to have two, and they did have two women's matches, but you know, the, the title match, it's, it's great to have non-title women's feuds here. Cause like, you're really kind of trying to build up the, the depth of the division and I hate to say it, but not everyone's going to watch to get the kickoff show. So like, maybe it'd be better to put them on the main show they they can have more people watch them and then more people get familiar with them and you know, there you go that's that's how it works uh, i thought this was a good match uh, i've been pretty adamant about um, Liv morgan being like a very very talented person here uh, on the smackdown show i've always kind of wanted to see her get push that next level here where you know we saw her kind of uh had a she had a nice run heading into heading into money in the bank and then nikki sh won and in hindsight, it's like, all right, they like, they really do much with Nikki ASH as a champion, so maybe they could have had, um, they could have had, uh, uh, wow, Liv Morgan win there. I thought that would be that maybe that would have been better, but at the same time, now the fans are really behind her. She got a huge pop when she won this match here. She won against Carmella, so you know, with Becky Lynch as the champion there, and now I we I know that what we talked about Sasha Banks coming back, but. I think that there really is a story where they can kind of build up with Morgan as this kind of really uh, fan favorite, sympathetic babyface. Then eventually, maybe give her the title, or, or or if they want to play the long game, I think she could be a dark horse for the Royal Rumble if they build her up right. I'm not saying I'm saying not maybe not like right here today. I think she'd be a good pick for the Rumble. I'm saying if they build her up right, I think that'd be very very good. Um, so yes, uh, Mark Buckingham saying that, and he was there in person. He's saying the crowd was hot for Liv and Carmella. Yeah, I mean, I will say. Uh, even even on the kickoff match here, I could tell uh, from, and watching from uh, on TV that the crowd was very hot for even for the the kickoff match. And admittedly, the the matches proved me wrong. But watching it here on the kickoff, I was like, wow, this is a hot crowd, and they deserve better than this because it did feel like a throwaway show. But then all the matches really, like I would say, over delivered. And then of course, you know, with uh, the the ending of the main event being a mixed bag, but. Uh, yeah, I I thought this was a very a very hot crowd, a very fun show because of that, and and the match was over again over delivering even. Uh, Saul Sultan saying that happy, happy birthday to Asuka, absolutely. It was also Damian Damian Priest's birthday. We'll talk about we'll talk about him in a minute there. Uh, but Saul Saul also also asked what I'll be doing at the Ring of Honor show. I'll be doing that tomorrow. They have definitely have a, a very star studded show this week. So if you're a Ring of Honor fan, make sure to tune in for that. I usually do that around like one o'clock on on Monday uh, afternoons EST. Um, been a little inconsistent. We're trying to get back in the flow of that, but to, uh, you can rely on that being around one o'clock in the afternoon. ESC tomorrow, talking about all things Ring of Honor here. Uh, but speaking of uh, Liv Morgan here, DJ with a very good question asking, How long do I think it will be until Liv is the champion? When the Rumble first, and then at Mania? I mean, yeah, sitting here today, it is the very end of September, and we are just now kind of seeing Liv get this kind of like breakout spot where, again, she kind of got it at Money in the Bank, and then, then they kind of walked it back here. Um, so I think if, if they kind of take their time and build it up a little bit, uh, I think, and then, yeah, if they give her another feud, if it, I don't know if Selena Vega is the best shot. Cause again, she's, I think before Friday, she, she's literally lost every match since she returned. Um, struggling to think of too many other heels here on SmackDown other than Becky and Sasha Banks. Uh, cause it, it is admittedly a fairly light division there. Uh, especially on the heel side uh, outside of that and with Bailey going down I think with the draft could open up some options there um so I don't know I, I I'm curious to see how that goes but yes I think on paper uh Liv Morgan winning the Rumble and eventually maybe winning the title of WrestleMania could be a very fun story the crowd is clearly behind her she's very like uh, a relatable down to earth like very like you know just, I guess, I guess, relatable person, a very relatable wrestler here. DJ pointed out that Natalia and Tamina are heels. That's true. I think that she could feud with them. We've seen her feud with Natalia in the past, so I'm not sure if that'd be the best. Um, although we have seen, you know, at least in some interviews, uh, I've seen her she, that she's been asked about teaming with Tony Storm. So I think that'd be something. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a few of them, or the two of them, and trying to build up some depth in the tie division there. So. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of uh, of Liv Morgan getting built up there, and I hope that tonight, winning on the kickoff show, was a way to set set that up. So, 
I mentioned Damian Priest a minute ago, but yes, we had a triple threat match here with Damian Priest defending the U.S. title against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Uh, this was the match where Jeff got added, added into the match where he defeated Sheamus on Raw. I think it was last week, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, he, he'd accepted Damian Priest, uh, his challenge, I think two weeks ago, and then he defeated Sheamus again. So uh, thankfully, we, we did not get another singles match with Damian Priest and Sheamus. We've seen that several times. Um, adding Jeff Hardy definitely freshened up a little bit, and, and I thought that was a good call. Uh, I tweeted about it uh, before the match. To me, this didn't happen. I'm saying with some, maybe something that could have been interesting was if Jeff Hardy won, pinning Sheamus, and then that kind of would remind people that, hey, this guy can still go, and then maybe, you know, you, you take the title off of him the next night, the next week, or something. You're not that not, you're kind of staking your your cart to him as, as the, you know, the, the long-term champion, but just kind of really reminding, Hey, this guy is a former WWE champion. He can still go. Uh, but I will say win or lose, uh, Jeff Hardy definitely remind people he can still go tonight. Although, uh, kind of on a, perhaps a similar vein, Saul Solensing is not pleased with what WWE is doing to Jeff Hardy. I mean, Hardy, uh, three weeks, three weeks ago was chasing the 24 seven title on raw. So, uh, yes, that was not good. And then I think because of the, um, the, the, reaction to that people not really liking that uh they, they pretty quickly kind of pivoted and put him in the u.s title scene so i like that at least i think that was good where you know yeah like he definitely deserves better than 24 7 title scene and and now he's kind of at least back in the you know in, the, in a prominent spot on the mid card i think uh john john and i've talked about it on the raw show rob and i've talked about it on the smackdown show jeff hardy definitely is is up there for people that that would benefit from uh changing brands in the draft so moving him over to smackdown again i think that'd be beneficial he, he had a good run over there last year uh he won the ic title so i i think that'd be pretty beneficial um and so again the draft less than a week away it starts on friday so we, we can hope to see that uh, among other ben beneficial moves there i, I don't want to get into the weeds here but salsa and saying you should ask for his release and i'll try and reframe that to say i think that you know maybe down the road you know he could go to AW. I, I, I obviously you could team with his brother. Um, and Henry Carr mentioning that he imagines that some people would like that. That they would like to see um, Hardy, the Hardy unite in, in AW and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that'd be interesting as a nostalgic thing. It'd be fun, uh, but uh, that's something that could happen. Not that it will happen. It could be fun. Um, but again, I, I, I think that this is definitely. A chance, especially going off tonight, I think it's a chance for WWE to really kind of um, reignite Jeff Hardy and because you know, he, he can still go. The people still love this guy. The crowd was super into him tonight. I mean, I could hear it on my TV. The crowd was super into him. This was a very hard fought match. Hardy got a couple of really good near falls. He really almost won the match at a couple different points. Um, and, and, and then when Priest rolled up Sheamus, like the crowd was actually, it seems like they're a little upset. They're like, wow, we really want this guy to win. And, uh, you know, they, they were really kind of backing him here. So, like I said, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see Hardy uh, reinserted into, not just reinserted into the title scene, because he's in, in the title scene here in this match, but maybe, you know, giving him a, a, a U.S. title run or, or send him over to SmackDown, have him win the IC title again. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's just a lot you could do with him, as Saul said a couple minutes ago. Um, you know, they're definitely kind of, misusing him or or not is not doing the most of the can with him so uh mark buggingham our our uh, guy that was there here in person saying hardy got one of the loud, loud, largest pops in the arena the crowd wanted hardy to win so glad to know that that, that came through on the tv that as it did in person there um so yeah i i think you know sometimes wwe does listen to the crowd there uh where where you see maybe they don't always plan on doing something but then if, if the crowd really kind of Let's be known. They want something to happen. We've seen it with Kofi Mania, Daniel Bryan, uh, any number of things that they, that they will go through and, and kind of do something just because the, the crowd clearly wants it. So I think this was definitely was a, a fun match. One thing that definitely was that, uh, particularly fun about it, DJ pointing out that Seamus uh, mimicked Hardy on the ropes. He did, he did his classic like hand taunt. It was pretty fun there, dancing on the top rope. Um, I thought it was fun. I mean, these guys have a lot of history together. Uh, where Seamus feuded with Hardy last year. That was pretty uh, a memorable feud where they feuded over Hardy's um, real-life struggles with you know sub substance abuse. Uh, uh, Priest defeated Seamus, and he's faced Hardy recently. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was fun. It was a good match. I liked it. Good win for Priest. Priest definitely remains one of the guys that's like he's uh, 
one of the best examples of someone that WWE is booking well, where it's like he he, he wins matches, he looks good, he rarely gets pinned. Like it's it's one of those cases where it's like you can tell, like, all right, they kind of know what they're doing. All right, like we can't be fully down on WWE here because like they, they got they got that. Uh John and I talked about on the raw the roster a couple weeks ago, they had almost where they've kind of uh, protected him and really set him up as this like big star, at least in, in a different way. Um, so I thought that was good as well. Another good match here. Uh, again, pretty much every match was a hit. I think every match was very good. Uh, and another match that I enjoyed a lot was the tag title match on the SmackDown side of things. Uh, we didn't have a Raw one tonight, but it was the, the Street Profits facing uh, the Usos. So to me, I tweeted about it here uh, for, on the Wrestlestone feed, but something there's something to be said about just like old school classic storytelling. And you can say that it's like cliche or, or you know, uh, if not tried and true, it's kind of like stereotypical. But uh, to me, the story of the match revolved around Montez Ford, his ribs being injured after he only, he faced Roman Reigns two days ago on SmackDown. I've, I missed the show myself. I think I believe he got slammed through a table. But um, and having that be the, the focal point of this match, like all right, the Usos are attacking his ribs. Uh, Ford is kind of is uh, somewhat limited by his rib injury here, um, and kind of going off of that. Uh, and just kind of having the match revolve around that and, and doing that, you know, it's, it's, it's basic. It's, it's classic. We've seen it so many times, but it works. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, it's like a comfort food. It was pretty, it's, 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 I don't know. It, it works for me. Mark Buckingham with a cool comment saying he sat next to Montez Ford's mom and she was fun and rowdy. That's pretty darn cool, man. Like, I mean, I, you usually get, you know, some, you know, you know that you know that the family's attending shows, but to get some someone actually like you know sitting next to that family member, that's that's pretty darn cool. I'm glad you got that experience. Um, this was a very good match. We've seen the Usos and the Street Profits face off a couple of times. Uh, I think they faced off like a couple months ago, then they've been feuding kind of recently here, and the Usos retained against the Profits uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm not quite sure exactly when, but it's a match we've seen before, but it's a match that always delivers, and this was no exception. Uh, and again, the, the storytelling here was basic, it, it worked. You know, selling the ribs, Montez, and there was one point, and you could, you could really see that the ribs pretty much directly cost Montez's match, where he dove out of the ring onto both Usos. He was kind of fired up on the momentum, and it came this close, this close winning the match. He hit, I believe it was Jay with, with his amazing frog splash, but of course the, the impact of the splash there hurt his ribs logically, and then he took just long enough to go for the pinfall that I believe Jimmy had enough time to get in the ring, break up the pin, and then from there the Usos hit the double splash, and they won. It, it's basic, it's classic, it works, it was good uh, to, to punctuate a very good match there. So no complaints here. Uh, Montez Ford looks great coming off of a, a, a main event match of Roman Reigns on SmackDown. He is going places. I think he's great. I think he's great as a singles guy. The Street Profits are great. Everything's great. Like, like it's all good. Um, I thought this, was, that this was very, very good. We had the, the kickoff match, then we had that that six man tag, and this was the second match of the show. So at this point in the show, we're feeling very, very good. Like we, we've got two very good matches to kick off to kick off the show here. And Dennis Bernard Bolden agreeing, saying the Street Profits gave it one hell of an effort, and it was a good match. Respect to both sides. I would agree that yeah, both teams look great. This was very, very good, uh, and this kind of lends some credence to the to the idea that hey, tag team wrestling. Is good. Like far too often in WWE, uh, you see the tag teams kind of get the short and the stick here. Um, and, and here we had two good, two good tag matches. One for the titles, one just kind of a, a thrown together tag match. But uh, yeah, this was good. It was a good start to the show here. Uh, one kind of downside here was uh, DJ Gassay pointing out that the the uh, the audio feed on Peacock was awful. Uh, I think it was like the first. It was definitely thought it was throughout the kickoff show. It may have, I think it was throughout the first match as well. And I th- it was a little on and off, but like, I think by the end, by the end of the first half hour, it, it was solved. But I, I think during the kickoff show, the Spanish announced team kind of cut over a cut. It was like mixed with Cole McAfee. So it was almost like a bilingual broadcast. And then a couple, they solved it. And then a couple minutes later, uh, we had the French announced team cut in with a broadcast. It was like, wow, we're getting a, a multicultural experience here. Um, and that, that made it a little hard to kind of like full weekend the show. It's like, all right, I can't even understand the commentary. It's a little wild. Uh, we got the, the you got Spanish and the French. It's like, oh my gosh. And for me, <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. So I'm like, what's going on? Um, but it's obviously you can hear the, the wacky audio. Uh, thankfully they got resolved, but definitely like I was saying about the main event earlier, um, 
the I feel like kind of the main event, uh, the angle there on top of this, the the, the peacock issues definitely will be kind of uh, something that was rem- uh, remembered um, probably beyond the show here. So not not a great look. I mean, peacock the the move there has still been a little bumpy. I remember at Money in the Bank they added some major issues during the men's entrances there. Um, Man, yeah. So hopefully they, they straighten everything out there with Peacock there. But uh, another just another wholesome comment. I, I love spreading wholesome, wholesome content here. Mark Buckingham saying that he was sitting next to Montez Ford's mom. She was texting her son and Bianca throughout the night. Her background photo is of Montez. That's that's beautiful, man. Like that's just cool, right? Like this is this is why wrestling is good. All right, we we can talk about things being not great. We can talk about you know WWE, you know, not always doing good things. But like you know, everyone, you know. This is good stuff. Thank you, Mark, for, for passing on a very nice and wholesome content there. That is, that is what we like to hear. You know, that is that is good. Um, so, yeah, a very good dieting match. And on top, we talked a little bit about Sasha Banks coming back. That's what he had, but that match there. So I'll talk about the U.S. title match. As far as I can really tell, I think it was saved my favorite match for last year. And it looks like I did, yeah. So we had uh, Charlotte Flair facing Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title here. And this match, you know, I will say we had a bunch of other really, really good matches, like the ending action, maybe like, you know, Montez Ford doing flips and, and looking great, and Roman Reigns and Finn Balor being the crap out of each other, and Bianca and, and Becky putting on a good match, and the, the New Day and, the, and Bobby Lashley and AJ put on a great match. But I think my favorite match of the night, in a very different way, was Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title, and I'll tell you why. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna get flack for this, and I, I'm ready for it. I, I'm I'm okay with that. But my gosh, and I'll say as Hermit Carson, are you not entertained? This was this was this was storytelling. This was um, character development potentially. And I'm gonna and I remain somehow somehow <laughs> optimistic that this will lead somewhere. I should have learned by now with what we saw with the fiend and stuff. But hear me out. All right. So last week on Raw, we had Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss exchange promos where Charlotte basically said, all right, this whole thing with you and, and the makeup and, and the Lily stuff, you know, it, it's a cry for help. And now you're, you're coming to fight me and I, I'm going to like beat it out of you and bring the, bring the old Alexa Bliss back, old Alexa Bliss back. Cool. Alexa Bliss was saying, okay, you know, I don't need titles or I don't need any of this to really be who I am. I'm going to embrace who I am, which is what we've seen. Like maybe this is the real Alexa Bliss. That's cool as well. So, that set up the school match tonight between two of the most you know, powerful uh, personalities on Raw, two of the most uh, compelling characters on Raw, the Queen Charlotte Flair and the, the Twisted Alexa Bliss. And I, I've set up pretty much every single week on the Raw show that Ellie says she's been, she's been on. Alexa Bliss is great. She is underrated. She's any, yes, the writing has been awful at, at many points, but she always does her very best to make the most out of whatever, whatever she's given. Throughout all of the Fiend stuff, throughout the, the supernatural cinematic stuff, when we had that one weird episode of Raw where she like chased Shane Baszler into a room and there's Lily in a mirror. There's a whole bunch of wacky stuff with Vox Bliss. I will admit that firsthand, all right? That, that is absolutely true. But this match, it was good because Alex Bliss was wearing her traditional gear. You know, admittedly kind of like with like kind of a more dark design, but it was like it was wrestling gear. It wasn't her like skirt slash smock or anything like that. Um, it was wrestling gear. So I, I was thinking even like once she came out, I was like, all right, is this kind of like a slow step toward Alexa Bliss coming back, like to what we had known her as? Because I loved Alexa Bliss, the character as uh, we had known her as like uh, Bliss Cross Albasol when she was with Nikki Cross back then, um, and all that stuff. Like I've always been a big fan of Alexa Bliss, and I've liked this work she's been doing. But like at some point, you've got to believe that she will come back to the Alexa Bliss that we had once known. So this match, uh, the story basically was: it's Charlotte Flair. You're knocking out Alexa Charlotte Flair. She controlled most of the match. Bliss got a couple near falls in the end. Uh, and it was pretty competitive. It was, it was a good match, but it was definitely all about the story. So in the end, Flair gets the Lily, I believe it was the, the Lily doll. I don't think it was the Charlie, the Charlie doll. Uh, and she kind of you know threw it at Alexa or like, you know, whatever. And, and Alexa got distracted. And so Flair kicked her in the face, natural selection, pin her for win. All right. Charlie Flair, sole champion. I was rooting for, um, for, for Bliss to win here, but... I will say my hope for the story here uh, outweighs any disappointment in the fact that uh, Bliss did not win. Because after the match, uh, Flair kicks uh, Bliss out of the ring. She's a sore winner. Kicks her out of the ring, grabs Lily, 
rips Lily apart. Literally rips the stuffing out of her and clearly just destroys Lily. Lily is is just gone, right? She's she's quote unquote dead, if, even though she's a doll. Um, and I saw some some tweeting about it. If you if you believe that they're gonna kill off Lily just before Halloween, you got another thing coming. I don't know, right? They could very easily bring Lily like a horror movie bring Lily back for for one last hurrah. I don't know, but at least for tonight, I'm sitting here. I'm like, all right. So the uh, Flair destroys Lily at least in this current iteration. Maybe they'll bring her back. Maybe they'll bring her back. Maybe they won't. Uh, and then uh, Bliss attacks her. They keep brawling. She's clearly fired up uh, because she just saw her, her favorite doll ripped apart, like any like any kid would be, right? <laughs> um, but uh, and then Charlotte leaves, and and, and Bliss kind of gets up, and uh, she sees the the little stuffing of of Lily, her prized doll in the ring, her best friend in, in many ways. And Bliss just like screams. She's angry. She gets in the ring, and then she cries, and then she vacillates between screaming and crying and screaming and crying. Um, and like this, very clearly felt like something. Something happened here. I don't know what. I don't know what. We got any comments that uh, Lily will rise? Sean Smith saying that. Uh, say saying that. Um, or wondering if Lily's going to come back to life since we've gotten a sister Abigail. Maybe. Uh, and then seeing other comments here, Mark Buckham saying he believes this will be a new metamorphosis, like that, a new metamorphosis for Alexa, a new uh, progression or or evolution somehow. To what? That's the question, right? I don't know. Uh, but definitely this did feel like a very good um, development. Like, And so often I get upset because WWE just like, it's like a treadmill. Nothing really changes. The characters don't really change or progress. Robert D. Fleece and I, every single Saturday, we're like, why isn't uh, Becky Blair, uh, Becky, sorry, Bianca Blair pissed off that Becky stole her title? And then kind of saw it a little bit tonight. But here, we actually had you know, legit character development where it's like, okay, Alexa saw her doll ripped apart. She gets pissed off and then she cries. And she, and then like she carried the doll kind of up the ramp and we kind of fade away on Bliss kind of like crying and kind of like seething, like this, this mixture of emotions. So very clearly, something is going to happen. I got to believe like the, the, this feels like something's going to happen here. And I don't know what, but they got me hooked. All right. They got me hooked. And again, I should know better. I should know better. <laughs> so many times WWE, um, you know, they had, they did stuff like this all throughout the fiends run and, and, and any number of times in uh, just very, various character histories here, but I've got to believe at least optimistically that they're going to do something. DJ wondering if we'll see Alexa turn into Lily, like, Lily live action in a way, like a like a a personification of Lily. Maybe I hope not. Like I I want to see like something. I don't know. I, I I'm struggling struggling to put into words. I want to see a, a a legitimate, uh, strong progression forward here for Alexa. I don't know what that looks like. Again, uh, it's not my job to write the show. Um, I, I sometimes like to like I like to pretend that I do like write the shows and say, okay, here's what I would do. I don't know. Um, I think the ultimate destination perhaps maybe should be that, again, we do get back to some form of Lex Bliss as we knew her. Um, and I don't know quite how you get there. Again, now that at least tonight, Lily is destroyed. So I feel like this is a fork in the road where either uh, we're going to get Bliss kind of leaning away from the Lily slash fiend-ish character, or as we got some other comments here saying that we're going to see uh, maybe I'll lean more into it. We'll go even darker. And I, I don't know if, if either one's necessarily better or worse, but I think they're both, they're both options. Um, and and uh, granted, this is definitely a storyline all along. That's not for everybody. Saw Sultan saying that he lost interest when uh, they, they shut down the Fiend story. I think that's fair. I mean, this was definitely a character very much linked to the Fiend. So to kind of move, moving him, it's like, all right, you're not really sure how to feel about it. Uh, and having that absence, you know, definitely, I, I get that entirely. I think that's definitely kind of a, a consensus in many ways. So, and again, Lily, uh, also to point out, we got thank you Lily chants here. The crowd was chanting for Lily, a thank you to her service for her for her memorable career. But again, I have to imagine that this will not be the last that we see of Lily here, uh, at least for now. Again, it is so right now it is September 26th. So uh, maybe, you know, they try to revive her for October and then write her off after Halloween. Uh, John, I joke about it. We got we get com comments about it every week on the Raw show, but every week there are comments like, "Oh, they got they got the Chucky show coming on, on USA Network. They got to do some something, and the, or at the very least, they got to keep the character around to kind of like leave that door open for for at least fans to kind of like make the comparison." So 
I imagine well, we're going to see Lily again, but at least in a vacuum, uh, just looking at tonight, it's like, all right, they destroyed Lily. And at the very least, even if they bring Lily back, the sheer action of Charlotte destroying Lily is meaningful. So I like this a lot. Like for me, like wrestling is great. All right. I love, I love a good match as much as the next guy uh, for like wrestling, true wrestling. Yeah. You see, you watch AW, you see Kenny Omega face Brian Danielson or WWE. They put on great matches all the time. But for me, something that really draws me as a WWE fan is that it is sports entertainment. So they do have these stories. And for me, when the when the stories are done well, that's what really hooks me in. So now tonight, I see that I see this match. I see this potential for so much uh, for so much storytelling for a true story line progression. I'm like, all right. Well, so like I said, I've been you know a little leaning away, and I'm like, like, oh, I've been a little tempted by some of the 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 good things AW is doing. But tonight, I really good show brought me back. I was like, hey, Deadly so so puts on a good show. They put on a good match, uh, you know, a good main event or uh, the main event. Good t- good title matches, good just a good show across the board here. And again, I, I would say very much uh by and large, you know, they we haven't really seen like a, a we we didn't really see a, a miss, if you will, um on, on the whole card. Like I, I thought every match was good. It was a good show and I liked it a lot. Uh, John Udovich suggesting a cross motion with Chucky showing up on Raw. I've got to imagine that's at least a possibility. It's it's USA Network. Chucky, the show will be on USA Network. Raw, the, the, I I could see it. It's WWE. Crazy crazy things have happened. All right, we've seen some really crazy things. Um, so you know, I don't I don't know, man. And for me, yeah, I I'm guilty of being a fan of wacky things. All right, Salisodon pointing out that I indeed I am a fan of Danhausen. I love that Danhausen. Danhausen's great, and I will not hear otherwise. Otherwise, I will tell you you're wrong. So there you have it. Um, so yeah, I am someone that. You know, I, I granted, I think I, I, drew, I drew the line at zombies at WrestleMania Backlash. That was where I uh, didn't love it. Uh, but by and large, I like kind of the more, some of the more unusual things, let's say, in, in wrestling, where you got Lily, or I didn't, I didn't love Lily, but I really liked the, the Alexa Bliss character work, the gimmick, uh, and some other things as well. So, um, I, again, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying I think there's really a lot of potential here. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be sad. But I'll admit it. I'll be like, all right, I got my hopes up and, and WWE uh, let, let me down, but that's fine. So, you know, oh well. But sitting here tonight, I thought Bliss and Flair was a good match, fueled by that storytelling. And again, fueled by that, um, by, by that, you know, hope for something coming next. So, uh, I'm getting some comments about Chucky showing up in a, uh, I almost said AEW. He's not showing up in, a, in AEW, no way. He showed up in WCW, though. I saw Solden pointing out that he did show up in WCW. Uh, Johnny DeVitt saying he was a Halloween Havoc. That makes perfect sense. You know, if NXT was still a main roster show, like a relatively main roster show, that third brand, I could see. Eh, maybe not. I, I think that's more of a, a Raw kind of thing. But got to imagine, man, it's Raw. It's USA Network. I, I I can see it. I can see it. You know, I don't know. Especially in, in this world where we're going for those ratings here, trying to pop the rating on Raw. Even if, if they announced Chucky showing up, my gosh, I, I'd be I'd be curious to see what the rating was like there. Um before I go to the rating here, obviously, as we, as we wrap up the show here, uh, Gavin Coombs saying that asking who will be my big draft return, whom who will move the needle. Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, again, we're talking about um, about uh, Raw looking for uh, better viewership numbers and stuff like that. You know, trying to kind of balance the scales where you have SmackDown kind of loading up with with Roman. Right now, they've got Brock, they've got Becky Lynch, and, and all these things, uh, and Raw. Braun Scott stars like they've got Biggie, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, all these things. Um, but I do think very much so that in many, in some ways, that the draft will be focused on. Um, again, I, I think balancing the scales is, is the best word where because I would say since SummerSlam, it's felt like that the, the scale has been tipped toward uh, towards SmackDown. So uh, I've got to think you know Brock going over to Raw is possible, but then it's weird because the draft is starts this Friday. And then Crown Jewel is not until uh, what my birthday, the twenty first. So, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I think that <sighs> Brock Lesnar would be the probably the most needle moving possibility. But now you're in the situation where it's like the timing is kind of working against them. Where it's like I don't know if they would do that. Um, ironically, one of the most likely moves, as Herman Jakar pointing out, is, is Drew McIntyre going over to SmackDown because he's done absolutely everything he could do on Raw. I think that is very, very fair to say. Um, 
So I, I fully, 100%, I was sorry, like 95% expect to see uh, Drew McIntyre going to SmackDown. I think that is pretty much, again, not set in stone, but in my mind, I'm like, that's got to happen. I, I think Asuka, another one. I, I can think of so many moves from Raw to SmackDown because we haven't, Asuka's been off TV. I think she could use a fresh coat of paint. Jeff Hardy, another one. People need more, and uh, Robert and I have talked about this, John and I as well. More people need to get off of Raw and go to SmackDown than people need to get off of SmackDown and go to Raw. Um, in some ways, I, I could see them kind of flipping the uh, the, the mid-card titles of doing like maybe Shinsuke going to Raw and Damon Priest going to SmackDown. That's not really a needle-moving kind of thing, but something they could do. Um, they the teased tonight that they, they would split up the New Day. I think that's... I, w- I don't want to see that. I want to see the New Day kind of write out this at least early chapter of of biggie winning the title and kind of be rolling over that but Corey graves kept teasing like oh this will be the last time we see the new day team up i hope not it's it really was very uh upsetting when, when they split up last year at least they didn't split up but they got separated in the draft and they, we just got back together so come on keep them together don't don't break them up i, I don't think everyone wants to see that again uh unless you're not a fan of the new day and that's fine but i just don't know i mean they're not going to move roman reigns over to raw they're not going to do that that's the that's the biggest needle moving thing they could do um, and again, I, I can think of more people going from Raw to SmackDown to kind of shake things up, but for uh, trying to look at it in that angle, um, uh, I just don't know. I, I, I think uh, Kevin Owens is one I could see moving back to Raw. Uh, his contract expires in January, so maybe they have him kind of wrap up on Raw temporarily. Uh, if they don't resign him, that's that's up in the air at this point, but um, it's hard, you know, Apollo Crews, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's tough. Maybe move Fendala to Rock. He just got the, the, the demon got slayed uh, with this uh, rope break spot. Here's so maybe send him to Raw here and DJ playing that as well. I think that'd be a good one. Um, if they're not going to really involve NXT so much, and that seems to be the case, which is, I think, a missed opportunity. Uh, Fendala makes sense. It's also pointing out Sami Zayn, his contract. We don't quite, I'm not sure when that's exactly expiring. I've heard differing things, and I don't want to spread false information about it. So his contract is coming up like at some point soon. It's not in the fall. Um, I know that much, but it's coming up. Um, maybe maybe send him to Raw. I think that'd be something. Um, but I don't know. That's that's the tough thing. Like, again, I can think of so, so many people that would be better off going from Raw to SmackDown. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't know who would be, be, be better off going from SmackDown to Raw. It's just tough to say. Um, especially especially in, in the aspect of, of quote-unquote needle movers who would really like, you know, pop ratings and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just don't know. That That's kind of one of the interesting things. Like, how can they really kind of shake things up in a meaningful way? You know? And I, I love the draft. It is always a very exciting time. I, I love covering it. I love watching it. I love seeing how it unfolds. Um, but this is definitely a, a, an interesting situation where it's like SmackDown is so loaded you know, it's always this gamble of like, you don't want to like nuke one show and kind of like, you know, over, overstack the other. Whereas that's already been, that's happened, you know, without the draft even being a factor. They they load up SmackDown and now, you know, they're going to need to do something kind of again. That the word, the, the, the phrase of the day is uh, bouncing the scales here. Um, if it's DJ pointing out that we could see Bianca Blair moving to Raw, maybe, you know, she did, she did just technically lose to Becky Lynch. Um, and then, then he had got Sasha Banks coming back, so maybe they do that. Uh, Mark Buckingham saying, draft Alexa to SmackDown, keep Lily on Raw. My gosh, I hope not. They got, I mean, Lily has her own separate entity. I don't know what that would look like, but uh, there's a lot they could do. I, I think it's 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 always an interesting time to see kind of what happens. We're getting to, uh, some comments about Lacey Evans. I mean, she's still uh, on, on maternity leave. She's has, having a baby. I think she, I think she has, hasn't. Yeah, I think she's going to have it soon. So I, she's, she's, she'll be out for a while, as far as I know. Like she announced that back in February. So you know, I think she'll be out of commission for the next several months at least. So um, I don't know. It's going to be a fun time, and we're going to cover it here. Russell, John, and I will talk all all, all about it when it happens. Uh, uh, once the draft is uh, complete, uh, is over next week on next week on Raw. But we'll, we'll hear it uh, tonight. Now it's now it's already Monday morning to talk about uh, WWE Raw tonight. John and I will talk about NXT on Tuesday, and I'll I'll finish that spiel up in a minute. But to wrap up here, talking about Extreme Rules, it was a good show. It was a good show. I liked it a lot. It was a fun fun pay per view. The ending definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. Didn't love that, but it was a good show. And again, I, I'm thankful because it definitely reminded me like, hey, WWE. Still putting on good pay-per-view, so that there is that. Uh, so for that reason alone, I gotta go for like a solid eight. I get the, I think that may even be low. Like I, 
All right, I'll, I'll walk. I'll walk that back. I'll, I'll go for like an eight point three, and it would be higher if not for the ending to Bauer and Reigns there. Um, but yeah, good show. I liked it. DJ, not so much. Give it a three point five. And hey, to each their own. Uh, Matthew Weiss in the ending was awful, and that's fair as well. But um, I, I liked it. You know, for me, yes, I'm, I will. I, I will knock my score for the ending at least a little bit. But trying to be positive, I thought it was a very good show. It was a good match. Um, yeah, it was good. And so I'll ask about the duck in the top right. That's that's the stream right. You'll go right? uh, when it's just me doing these shows. We have to we have to make a, a graphic for my for these solo shows. But in the absence of one, I, I throw I throw the stream right logo up there yeah, to tie things together a little bit. Uh, but solid giving a th- three as well. I think we definitely uh, I'm going to predict that some of the, some of these low scores may 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 be due to the very questionable angle or for the lack of extreme rules matches there. Uh, lower route giving a five. Gavin Coombs with a nine out of ten there, so he enjoyed it. So you know, this definitely seemed to be a mixed bag of a show. Um, I'm not going to knock it too much because I, I mean, again, questionable finish there, but I thought it was a good show. And for the fallout, John and I will talk all about Raw and uh, well, last year a solid seven Hermit Dakar there. But John and I will talk talk all about Raw tonight here at Monday Night Raw uh, on all of our uh, all of our feeds here, uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter as well. Uh, and then we'll also talk about NXT on Tuesday. Otherwise, the Diamond Dudes Rampage cover all things AEW, so make sure to check that out if you're into AEW. Uh, otherwise, I'll be back here on, on Monday afternoon as well with the recap of, recap of Honor, talking all things Ring of Honor. And otherwise, Robert D. Fleece and I talked about SmackDown on sa- Saturday mornings as well. We missed this Saturday due to a, due to a scheduling conflict. We, we plan to be back uh, back on track here um, uh, in the weeks ahead of your start, start next week because we'll, we'll be talking about the draft, which will be a very fun time. So... With that in mind, it was a fun show. Not a perfect one, but a fun show. And heading into draft season, it's it's a it's a fun time. So make sure to do one th- to make sure to do the one thing we do here at Wrestling, and that is to enjoy wrestling. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody.